Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. And maybe the maybe the question here, I think, related. Uh, I think in soft robotics field, we have this question about the morphological computation and how we can uh, understand the morphology uh, correctly and how they can play a significant role in designing controller technique to control the shape to deform in a certain way. So if you can tell us about morphological computation, what are the challenges? Do you still we, we understand how the morphology is so important in design uh, soft robotics? Well, there are several challenges. I mean, first of all, in soft robotics, you often want very large displacements. So Mm -hmm. the the first challenge is that you need to incorporate a a, a whole variety of nonlinear effects. I mean, you need to be able to to take into account buckling, for example, which means that you will have bifurcations in your solution space. So strong nonlinearities that could render, depending on your numerical scheme, your optimization setup has been kind of non-deterministic, meaning that it will not end in the same place, even though if you start the same place. So that's one thing you could, you, you have to be very, very careful about. And the other thing is you often, I mean, not often, but sometimes you require it to be snap-through effects, right? Like a von Mises beam. So you could think of if you want to do a soft robotics or, well, soft hard robotics of an airfoil where you want some positions, like a flat positions in a compliant mechanism, you, you, I mean, the modeling you need to do just to get that right is really complicated. So there are, there are luckily, I would say, many challenges left with respect to just modeling the physics and writing up or developing the optimization mm-hmm. formalisms that you need. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm curious to ask you, I think, uh, and that's a question we have in the podcast as well, um, how we can access the beneficial nonlinearities of the material itself and geometric structure to get interesting information. And I think when we look to the nature, for example, the famous experiment of the dead fish that swim against the, the vortices of the water, that's an example mm-hmm. that how the morphology of the creature we have in nature are designed to, uh, to adapt to the environment or navigate in their uh, environment. And that's very inspiring. I don't know how you look for that, how we can really access the, the beneficial nonlinearities in a structure. Or do you have an idea how we can do that? Yes, and, and I think that it, to some extent, some people are already doing it. But I mean, there's, I mean, there's a problem taking it to the large scale. I mean, to, you can actually model the whole thing. So basically, if you want to be able to model that, let's take the, the fish, for example. If you want to be able to model this accurately, you, re- you need, first of all, a really complex numerical model coupling both fluids and solids under the assumption of large strains, large deformations. And you need to do it in the time domain. So this means just modeling this without looking into optimization, there's a huge uh, computational load. And when you then want to put optimization on top of this, then it becomes even more expensive. And this is this is one of the, not one of this is probably the key thing that I'm working on is to how to make these methods much faster, how to develop modeling tools that are fast enough such that it allows for, 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 mm. for large scale structural optimization. And that only becomes worse if you both have material nonlinearities and geometric nonlinearities. So that's, that's the yeah. challenge, but, uh, but I don't see it as something that's out of reach. I mean, it's something that can be done. It's just something complex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Also, if you can tell us some more about how you can make it more faster, because I think that's also interesting part. If you can give us detail about that. 
So, I mean, there's what we have been doing in the group that I'm working in the past 10 years or something is going to high performance computing. And we have now, we can now create models that run on tens of thousands of computers and can solve problems with uh, billions of unknowns. And we can basically, we can design static, I mean, big structures such as bridges and, and airfoils and the support structures of aircrafts and all these kind of things, but under static assumption. So that's really nice, but not everybody has access to these huge computers. So where I see the real challenge and what we're working at now is how can we make sure that, or how can we adapt these methods for desktop computers, powerful desktop computers? Are there anything we can do to speed up computations? And I guess that one of the directions that we're looking into, which has, as I see it, has a, a quite big potential is to go into computer graphics. And, mm -hmm. and the thing, and basically look at computer games. So, I, I mean, I, this might not sound like, like a physical science, but the thing is, I mean, we might, if we are able to let go a little bit of the accuracy in our numerical models, you can think of uh, methods like smooth particle dynamics, uh, yeah. stuff like this, where we know that there are issues with the conservation laws that we are trying to mimic, but we can get a solution that's pretty good, really fast. Then, then we are looking at how can we incorporate semi-accurate methods like this to speed up the computations. That would definitely be, or is definitely the way that one of the ways we are looking at solving this issue right now. And then every now and then you have to do a rigorous analysis to make sure, again, that the optimizer is not taking benefit of faults or errors in the, in the underlying mathematical model. I think that's interesting. I think we had an episode about uh, a comparison, for example, between finite element uh, analysis and material bond method. And one of the <laughs> challenges, as you mentioned, uh, I think the computation costs uh, in maybe in both techniques. And sometimes we can use model order reduction to focus mm -hmm. on certain. I don't know. Do you think model order reduction could be uh, a reliable solution, or we have to look for other uh, techniques to reduce the computation, either in FEM or MBM, for example, material bond method? Thank you. It's part of the solution, model, model order reductions, and we are doing it very much as, as any, any time we can. But I also think there's a, I mean, that will only get you so far. And then there's also, there's, there's the, you, yeah. need, you need what you call it radically new ideas on how to do this. I mean, so mm -hmm. if, I mean, model order reductions that work, if you have a method that's already developed and working, then you can start doing something with that to reduce the, the, the space that you're searching for solutions in. But, but generally mm -hmm. speaking, I think that would, if you could come up with something completely new, I think the chances of really getting improvements would be much greater.